Hello everyone and welcome to another of our interviews for the Women in Estate Agency Facebook group and podcast. And today I'm absolutely delighted to have as our guest Jane Twiddle, who is the National Franchise Manager for Hunters. So welcome Jane. So nice Hello. to meet you. And you too as well. Hi Jane. So we met briefly, didn't we, at the ESTAS, uh, the okay. recent forum to discuss bettering the relationship. The relationship <laughs> between <laughs> agents and solicitors that yes. was an interesting day i thought it was so productive um but it was brilliant to meet you and thank you so much for agreeing to come on and to speak to us um about this incredibly important topic which is bettering the the future for women in agency. So tell us a little bit about your story Jane a little bit about your background in agency. Well, I, uh, you know, I was just at the point, um, I've had three of my daughters at this particular Three? It sounds like you've got a whole collection of them. Well, I have three daughters, a son and two grandchildren now. Okay. So, um, so I've been a busy bee. Yeah. <laughs> and um, at the point where the children were really small, I was in a bit of a, a well, not very happy marriage, I suppose, that's what I would say. And I, at the time, I had various sort of part-time jobs around the children trying to, as you do, um, trying to, you know, make ends meet. But actually, I knew that in order to leave the marriage I was going to leave, I would need to actually get some bit of money behind me. So I'd need to get what was deemed as a proper job, <laughs> a news agency and doing a bit of hairdressing and all these other things. So um, I was one day sat um, by the uh, computer that was enormous and waiting for the dial-up to come on, but I was reading the, the York Free Press and there was a tiny little advert, which would only be about this small, in the press and it said uh, about a weekend negotiator job in this estate agent. And I thought, I could do that. I was never really um, backwards at coming forward at thinking I might be able to do something. So I thought, right, well, I'll, I'll give it a go. Anyway, I went, I got an interview and I went for an interview and I was short with that potentially is that I got the job. And I started um, doing these weekends and I think it might be every other or I was doing a Saturday and alternate Sunday or something like that. It's a, it's a long time ago because it is about 20 years ago now. Um, and I absolutely loved it. I just loved the uh, buzz of the office. Um, it was just so much fun. It was a release from me having, it felt like something responsible other than yeah. just being mum and doing it. I just loved it. And um, Kevin Hollingrake was my um, boss at the time. And we had an awards night, which would probably be about two, three months after I started. And I said to Kevin, I said, the next full-time job that comes up, Kevin, I want. And um, he, he said that that would be the case and I've done well. And actually within a probably about six weeks after that, I think it was, there was a role that came up in the sales progression department in York. And um, so I went into that and it wasn't much long after that, uh, uh, memory gets below, but it wasn't much long after that that started running the sales progression department that we had at the time then. And um, in time, 
I wanted to get more into valuing. So I went to be a valuer at the York office. And, is this um, all for hunters? This is all, for all, all with hunters, right, okay. Yeah, it was all with hunters. Um, so I went to be a valuer. I had, I would say, like to sing the phrase, I had a successful, a really successful um, time um, as a valuer. Really loved it. I loved all the things about being in people's homes. Everything really with it. Um, so it wasn't, I suppose, too much longer, maybe a couple of years or something, two, three years, potentially that got a, an office to run. Um, and I ran a couple more offices. Um, and then I had, I did have a little bit of a break in the, when the last recession came, actually. I went to work for a, we just started franchising at the time and I went to work for a franchise office. And within that time, I was all, problems with my, well, I lost my dad actually, and a couple of health problems. And so I stepped away for a little bit and I ran a woman's networking group actually for a while. Oh, wow. I didn't know. Uh, was, was, that, was that a franchise then? No, it was just, just something your own. I set up on my own, right, just okay. thinking um, it was called Confident Ladies actually, right. um, as it happened. Um, and actually that Christmas got invited to um, Downing Street for these to uh, Sarah Brown inviting the Christmas party at Downing Street because of this women, she was doing a right. thing for women. Um, not long after, Kevin asked me back again to, uh, said, would I come back and help looking at this new software that we're doing, which I did, and that led me back in. So it was only out for about a year, and then I was back. <laughs> yeah. And um, and so when I came back, I more or less got into, uh, more into franchising with those early days, but uh, then started doing some audits for the branches and such like and found out what, what they needed, um, business generation, that sort of stuff. And, and that led me into the franchise team. And um, I've just worked my way up there, really. And now I look after it. That's fantastic. What a story. What a story. Yeah, it's amazing. I so would you say that you have faced any uh, challenges as a woman in your career? Certainly, um, I, I would say I'm a great juggler um, and I've had to be because, um, of course, one of the things you have got when you're a woman, woman, and I'm sure it's altered, I think it has genuinely altered in the last few years because I'm going to say this, um, is that, in my opinion, when my children were small or needed picking up from school and, you know, all the things that gym clubs and all the other things that wasn't necessarily something that my other half would you know would have done naturally it, mm. it just wasn't a thing um apart from the fact he had left the country at that point but <laughs> so which wouldn't have been tricky, easy, but, tricky to do the um the, the school the school run, the it was, i think the other thing was my parents were only young i was young when i had my eldest daughter i was only 20 when i had natalie oh, wow. She's 33 now, so I'll let you do the maths. But yeah. um, so they had a career, they had their own business, and and so juggling home life, children, and a, and a, what I said was a proper job isn't easy. As I said, I think some of that has altered because I know my son, who's 23 now, has a very different view to what I did, and you know, men did at that time potentially. So probably got easier. I think the biggest thing is being able to juggle 
Um, next, I used to value at the same time as a couple of uh, men did, you know, in the same team for the valuation team. And I always used to feel uncomfortable when it came to ones at six o'clock at night and things like that, because I really need to get back. Yeah. But, mm. you know, that's the biggest thing. It, it, it's just, yeah, it's the, when you go out to those valuations or you're asked and you have to say no for, because of yeah. going home to put the kids to bed and, and yes. doing what you should, or you feel you need to be doing as a, good and I, I you know yeah. that's listening it's inverted commas um yeah. that I'm, I'm doing with my fingers just to that's say right. as a good mum and mm. what we have as this um these role models these mums that are role models are the mums that are by their children all, all the time and at yeah. these valuable times in their life when they're growing when they're young so it's it's when you're not doing that and just mm. managing it within your own head and and trying not to to live with that what is the mum guilt which is extremely real is it yeah isn't it I, I, I suspect though that we are still quite good at beating ourselves up because we haven't taken them to gym club yeah you know even if your partner's doing it do you think yeah. well it should have been me what why should it that's there's, right there's no reason why you know your partner can't, yeah. can't do it um, yeah, yeah, I still feel it now, even as I said, I've got two grandchildren now, and I, um, they're um, 11 and 9, and I feel it now in thinking, oh, I wish I could have gone and seen their, you know, their thing and stuff like that. Well, actually, I've not, it's, I do spend a lot of time with them and things. It's just, you know, the flip side is I do believe that women are the best multitaskers going. Is don't that because we always have been, or, or do you think that that's genuine? I mean, I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Men can multitask just as well, but I'm not sure, Claire. <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> don't know. You know it is only my opinion. You know, I know we're sort of agreeing, but I do think, um, I think, in general, then in general, I bet you, you know, we can because you've got maybe. This part of your brain, you know, on, switched on to work, but you've still got this element, which cuts in element of your brain. You're still fixed at home, remembering. Got to do that recycling. Got to do that. You know, there's there's those sort of things. Um, walking to work, thinking what you know, what you're cooking for tea. Those, those sort yeah. of things. You know, it, um, it is that that leads us to getting to becoming really stressed in in you know in our lives and just the amount of things that you need to juggle mentally and how um, how to mm. prioritize that. But Jane, I just wanted to back backtrack a minute because mm. you said that from a Saturday job, and I'm sure there was the negotiator. You then went into yeah. the sales progression, which is really interesting because I mm. think in in a way that tends to be predominantly women that do the sales progression because it's you know it I, I think you need to be you need to have so much empathy throughout that process to get it yeah. from uh, accepting an offer to exchange and something that um yeah just, just it's just really curious I find it's really strange that it's mainly women that that do that job and I wonder mm. if the, the, that was part of it that you had done that and then you you it was because you were a woman that they gave you that full-time job first I don't know if that resonates at all it, it could be it certainly was a, a all-woman team when I went in 
Um, but you see with sales, I, I absolutely agree. It's about being empathic with people. Um, it's also problem solving. And I think problem solvers are problem solvers and not just message takers. I also suspect that it can fit into that mum role more yeah. easily because you're not going to have to do an evening valuation, you know, or appointment. No. And when the solicitors have gone home, you can go home. Absolutely. So it is a great role. And I do believe it gives you such a massive um, understanding of the process. Yeah. Does, yeah. Even though you're dealing with the end bit, but, you know, I talking about stress in that type of role in sales progression, that is where stress is actually from everybody, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. not least, not least the people you're working with that they're trying to say, come on, let's get this through. You know, they want the money in and such like, but you know, the the vendors and buyers, they're stressed, aren't they? And yeah. uh, it's emotional and such like. It's an it's an emotional roller coaster. I always say, especially chains and all of the the fun bits that come with being in a chain. But yeah. um, Claire and I interviewed a, a, a fantastic woman um, who told us that her boss had blatantly told her that she wasn't good enough to be a valuer. Yeah. And I think um, that was that, that was a bit shocking. But also suddenly mm. we we thought. It, that's how it used to be and I think that's really changed if there's anything that we've seen change in in the last few years I think there are many more um, women valuers mm. yeah she that that particular woman is she's she's now got her own business and she's the number one agent in her town interesting yeah. interesting it is I mean you know, going back, I can remember sitting in the boardroom um, with the other branch managers, several branch managers and such. I can, can remember sitting in there. There must have been an award on at the time for something. I can't remember. The prize was a golf trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, that you couldn't have that nowadays. Yeah, that's true. You've got me. You've got me thinking. It was a Rolex watch in many of the occasions. Yeah. That it, and you know, it wasn't a female. It wasn't a. It was a no. big Rolex watch. It wasn't a small one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, don't get me wrong. I mean, I know women play golf and such like that, and it did. You, you know, it was predominantly. It is predominantly men. I don't know why, really. No. It might well, be a time issue. Coming back to the, you know, yeah. on a Saturday morning, yeah. I wouldn't be able to take four hours when my children were small. I wouldn't be able to take four hours out of my day to go and play golf. No, no, exactly. Well, my uh, boyfriend at the time, when I when I met him, he had um, our stepson. Is my stepson? Right? I I had I've had Elliot living with us. He was blessing. He was living with us from him being about five year old. So. Um, he's one of ours, you know, yeah. and uh, my other half used to play cricket all afternoon on a Saturday. It's another one that's not very conducive to family life. <laughs> Is it? But at least at cricket, the children can come and yeah, watch and there's usually somewhere for them to play with golf. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. kind of... Yeah, I mean, he was a, he has been a fantastic dad and a great role model for my girls, but just, you know, even so, it just doesn't <laughs> it? We wouldn't, dip, wouldn't dream, would we? No, and and that yeah, that's another probably that's just a completely 
other conversation because <laughs> it's it's that's the pressure that women put on themselves because yeah. we just we just wouldn't do that um mm. but that leads me really nicely so what changes would you like to see for women in our industry so all of this and what claire and i are trying to do is to have this conversation so that this industry becomes a better place and we don't lose this incredible talent and women that leave because they think I can't be a parent and do the hours. So what, what changes do you would you like to see in our industry? Well, I think some of it is happening because I think the more that um, women get into managers roles, etc., um, then they do see that um, it is possible. I think probably flexibility, a bit more flexibility, and I think um, there is nothing wrong with employing two two people to job share so that you could work together over, you know, one could do a late night on a Monday and one could do a late night on Tuesday and to do a job share, that sort of thing. Be a bit more open-minded. But I think we as women also have to um, be confident that we are absolutely capable of doing these jobs and let the reality is that you go out to do a house valuation during the day those houses are going to be women that you're meeting and the mm. common ground that you've got is better so i think um a lot of the times it's confidence from us that we have to yeah. make sure that we're giving if we were going out to do an interview um to be taken on and be sure of ourselves that we are capable of doing this job and we can manage but from employees point of view i think they need to be able to offer that flexibility to really put the focus behind somebody because you're not going to have children it's a short window that that we're borrowing those children for and so they're going to grow up yeah. and if mm -hmm. you can develop somebody they're going to get a really fantastic, strong person who's been able to do all that and still have a career. And it's the investment they make in somebody, I think, we've got to see. That's a really good point. That's really good Yeah, point. yeah, absolutely. You get so much back if you just are able. And I think any employer that's you know appreciates that and, and all the conversations we're having it, it comes down to culture within a company and your employer because, being able yeah, to yeah. know that it, it is that give and take and um yeah. do what percentage of um your franchise franchisees are, are women that's an interesting question we've got a lot i would say um we must have I wouldn't say it's just fifty percent, but I bet we've probably got forty percent. So we're getting, you know, we're getting there. That's good. And interestingly, um, of late, some of the ones that we've taken on, um, that we've gone into, you know, come on as franchisees most recently, and have been successful, are women. Right. But I'm, you know, I was talking to one this morning actually on a Zoom call this morning. Um, Sinead in Littleborough, fantastic young go-getter woman who's gone into the Littleborough franchise. She's absolutely smashing everything. Um, she's actually opening in a brand new office, a bigger office, moving. Um, and I've seen what she's doing with that and it's just inspiring to see her. She's a go-getter. We've got Kira in um, Castleford who, again, she's a mum. 
and, and she's taken over from another franchisee that had it before and she's absolutely just smashing Lying. away in the town, you know, and they're so enthusiastic. Uh, it's just brilliant. So we've got some fantastic women. What two of our first franchisees actually were women and they're still here. Rebecca Trine Selby and Nikki Simmons in Bridlington. We've got Bridlington, Filey and Scarborough. First women's, uh, first two franchises that were open were women. That's brilliant. That's fantastic, so yeah. fantastic to hear. Um, so Jane, just on a parting note, do you have any break any tips any learnings on your journey that you think that women in our in our profession would benefit from knowing and hearing and sharing i think don't beat yourself up <laughs> you can hand on heart think you've done your best nobody can ask you to do any more if you at the end of the day you've done your best with what you can do get on but one thing i do think is and I'm going to say podcast, we're, listening, we're going to be doing this, I know this played out in a podcast, but one thing I've learned loads about, because I don't always have time or want to, to read at the end of the day about property and such like, but when I walk to work, I walk back, I'm usually always listening to some sort of podcast to do with uh, property, or the LinkedIn ones, or on YouTube, any of those, because you can learn all sorts of that, so fill your time with something that you can... Uh, you know, because it's surprising what you can snap up. That's really good a, advice. A time. It is really, really good advice. Jenny, it's been absolutely fantastic meeting you. Hopefully we'll meet in person at some point in, I hope in the so. future. Um, but yeah, thank you for joining us today. Yeah. Thank I've you, Jane. Thank, thank you for agreeing to come on and share your journey um it is inspirational you're you know you're you're, you're one of the women that's where out there leading <laughs> leading for us and now we get to meet you and hear your story through the women in estate agency facebook group and podcast which is brilliant so thank you very much for joining us today you're welcome lovely thank to you. see you bye-bye